You're listening to the Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast with Andy and Brian. Quote of the day is Trust Your Body. Page 20 of Burnout The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. What do you think of that one? I, I, I like that one a lot. I, I think that that's uh, spoke to you. So you picked that one. Yeah. What did you think of what, what made you kind of draw to, draw to that one? You know, I have a, a lot of personal experiences where um, the body has been ignored and then it's resulted in some issues um there are some instances with my own wife who uh um has actually had some instances where it could have led to her death had she not trusted her body and what it was telling her so um that trust your body quote really hits hard for me and in mental health therapy, in the mental health world, psychology, you know, yes, we're talking about things, you know, it's called mental health, but you don't have mental health without your body involved. And your body is kind of the, uh, the best tool a person has to help them with their mental health. So you really do need to trust your body. I like that. Yeah, I, I believe you're right. As somebody that is now trying to get fit and wants to get there, um, I feel like that, especially when you get older, you have to trust your body more. Um, it's something that as you get old, you can feel the creaks and pains and knowing what that means. And then additionally, keeping healthy. I, I, I read somewhere recently that the best anti-anxiety slash coping skill is exercise yeah 100 percent. they say is is better than any over-the-counter medicine that you could take is exercise for because sure of, yeah because of the endorphins released while you're exercising and it is a constant if, especially if you're consistent with it it's consistently centering yourself now i would i would go as far as to say exercise and meditation of course I think of meditation course. is also very important for natural ways of being able to deal with stressors. I think if you do a combination of both, um, but that, but it has something to do with centering your mind as well as like you're focusing on your breath. You're, you're very focused on that and you're very concentrating on your body and how it's reacting and being able to just get into a more centered place, which reduces the stress levels. But I think it too, you're also to your point, there is medical conditions. Um, the new Apple Watch is able to help kind of keep tabs of your heart now. And there's been people that were, because of their Apple Watch, were able to detect heart issues and were able to, you know, get into the doctors before they got a heart attack. So pretty cool. That is very cool. And, and very cool that people have the opportunity to, uh, you know, um, 
have access to some of these things. Not everyone does, right? Like I, uh, I think those Apple Watches are pretty expensive. They um, are very expensive. However, uh, if you do have the ability to access that, like how cool. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, there is a very, very famous book by Bessel van der Kolk called The Body Keeps the Score. Um, and it is, uh, basically it talks about trauma. That might be a book that we should, that we read for this book club. I would love for it to be, um, I've actually not read it fully. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've read a bit of it, but, uh, I really feel embarrassed saying that as a therapist, that should be like the, like that, that is a book that you absolutely must read. Um, as a therapist or not as a therapist, it's just great because it's basically talking about the body and how um, trauma and negative life events affect the body, right? Um, this book, Burnout, talks about that quite extensively. And when you mentioned the exercise thing being like the number one best thing, um, the book goes into the physiological reasons as to why that is the case, kind of like you did with the endorphins and everything. Um but, you know, trusting your body, um, body keeps the score. Uh, Apple Watches help you monitor your body. Um, Apple's not paying us to say that here, though, so I don't know if we should be saying that. Well, it's okay. You can mention the fact <laughs> that it's an item that people own. Smart right. watches. Smart watches. We are not a paid affiliate of Apple. Um, <laughs> listeners. But, but what, I think that... But I think the Fitbits, the the smart devices that we have on us yeah. now that help track monitoring, I think we can say that, yeah. Absolutely. Well, it doesn't matter what you use as long as you're trying to track your body and pay attention to it. I think that is the biggest deal. People are paying attention to it because mm -hmm. they want to look good and they want to feel good, but they forget the aspect that, like, um, it is such a key part of prevention with mental health issues and struggles. This know. is my, this is a quick question for you before we move mm -hmm. on to the book. Do you think that because you exercise, it helps increase your self-confidence as well, which also leads to some very positive things going on for you in your life because you are feeling better. You're looking better. You're like you, I think it's, you know, feeling and helps produce that piece where you're confident about who you are and you're able Absolutely. to do more positive things, which then leads to more positive things happening in your life. For sure. So, you know, um, the physical aspect of exercise, it is, it is releasing endorphins and, and these feel good, um, chemicals right so when you experience that uh you are definitely going to be uh, because your body is feeling a little bit better mentally you're gonna you're gonna react to that you're right? gonna be like wow i feel good i'm in a good place you know and sometimes sometimes it's only short-lived um depending on a person's uh thought habits you know they they might be more prone to to disqualify the positive or fall into um those those negative thoughts that like well you know that was good but i'm back to you know the regular grind and life sucks again 
you know, so you've got to be really careful. Um, of, you know, the body and treating it well absolutely is going to help you feel more positive. But it's not going to guarantee um, that things improve, right? It's got to be a full effort physically and yeah, and that's where I think uh, for so for Buddhists is karma, where positive actions create positive effects, and I think that if you th- what you think is also what happens, and that thought processing leads to actions, and those actions lead to especially positive actions lead to positive outcomes, and so mm-hmm. that's a uh, definitely something that I believe in. And I think that that really does hold well. So let's talk about, and I know that you have, we both have been reading and what's the name of the book. You have the uh, name and the author. Yeah. So it's called burnout, the secret to unlocking the stress cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Um, and they are, uh, let's see. Emily is the author of the New York times bestseller. Come as you are. I've not read that one. That might be one that we want to include later down the road. But this book is our book of the month for August. And it is, um, you know, you and I, we, we started reading it months ago. Um, and we were having a part of our, our podcast, our, this podcast before we pivoted. And um, we kind of broke off right in the middle of it. And so we are giving it more justice this time around and i am really really enjoying it um what are your thoughts about this book so far it i really 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 like it as well for a couple of facts one it dives into more of the female mind and it to me is a reminder of all the things that females go through good, bad, the ugly. And additionally, it's also giving psychological therapeutic help, mental help to females struggling. But I think also I, I'm taking away from ideas about how to be better. And I think that that self care, I really think this book really focuses on, self-care and especially for females but i think the message of self-care is throughout this book and i see that over and over again with all of their methods on and and what they're what i've noticed is that they talk about a problem and then they explain explain the problem and then give a solution to the problem yeah i like that i really like that it gives some tools for the tool chest and and you're you absolutely hit on it right that this book is aimed you know the, the demographic that the the authors were targeting um were women or is women um and i'm telling you though even though it's aimed at women this stuff that they're hitting i mean biologically speaking uh there's a lot of similarities between how men and women experience stress so uh, in fact, I would say it's almost it's almost the same. There's some cultural aspects that are different, right? Some societal expectations and different things that kind of have have shaped a little bit more of how women feel they can um, experience stress or handle stress 
you know, and I, and I loved how burnout talked about that basically that women aren't allowed to feel these emotions. I mean, men haven't been allowed to feel emotions in a different way, right? There's some of that toxic masculinity stuff going on. Um, but, uh, basically what I'm saying is right. That us, us guys and, and women, we experience stress and stressors and this book goes into great length even within that first chapter as to how you can go about completing the stress cycle um, even if you cannot get rid of the things causing you stress very cool Love I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that's the biggest piece is, is that not only is there a commonality and, but it explains some of the pieces that why things are the way they are. Um, for example, one of the things that I really, really liked was the fact that they went into some of the things that people, but specifically women go in about uh, feeling hopeless and what makes you know women feeling help hopeless because the system's rigged and that was something that they really kind of you know hit upon is that the system's rigged i've given up the system's rigged it's all you know this is the way it is and, and there is a certain amount of that that actually is true and they were specifically called out uh different cultural beliefs such as um the way women are treated by men mm -hmm. and how historically that has gone down, uh, feeling less than feeling like an object giver being a giver and assuming that you're a giver. Additionally, they brought up one story where a woman was a band teacher and she was following the lead of and helping her students kind of enable them to be, um their own people and help run the band which is exactly what the male band director had done prior to her but she found that because she was a female there was this bias that she was going to be different and they talked about some of the outcomes and some of the things that help her helped her but then found at the end that there's still always this bias in there so there is always these historical biases that sometimes do not go away and are not easy to overcome. And, and hence more stress. Right. right. Well, like, and that's what, and that's what they're saying is, and then she talks about the fact that these exist. So how do you deal with them? And she's like, for instance, she came up with three things that she really talked about emotionally. She said, or they said, it's written by two people. Um, they say rage. Rage is one of those things that that uh, people hold in. So these are things that, and and to a Buddhist, this is exactly a lot of uh, my. When I first started practicing Buddhism, I experienced a lot of this, where it was suppression of feelings that I thought that I needed to do. I don't need to feel these things. Um. But they're saying, no, you should feel these things and it's okay because it leads to burnout otherwise. And which is these things holding in. And she was, they were talking about rage and being able to purge that rage by talking about it. 
yeah. you know, letting people know that this is happening for you or finding an activity to let that rage go to complete the cycle. They said the same thing about grief. And, you know, a lot of people grieve, especially women or men, grieve and mourn for what they could have been. And it was interesting to me that they brought that part up because that's, as we get older, those are the things that we take a look back into our life and go, I could have been this, but it's okay to feel it. And that's the one thing. It's just completing the cycle, acknowledging that that grief exists and doing something about it in some way. Yeah. You well, know? let's talk about, let's talk about completing that cycle really quick. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, that's, um, I mean, the first part of this book goes into it extensively that, uh, a lot of the times, um, you know, you have the stressor of person at work is a jerk or maybe, um, you know, you're, you're constantly behind in your bills and these things just aren't going away. Whatever it is, you know, there's these stressors that sometimes you just can't get rid of quickly or easily. So it's in those moments that you really need to figure out a way to handle the stress and complete the stress cycle. Um, the story about the lion chasing you until you get back to your village, right? They talked about how, like, even if the lion was killed, if you killed the lion or if the lion was struck by, by, um, a lightning bolt, that didn't necessarily mean that the stress was gone, even if the stressor was gone. So there are two separate things, stress and stressors. So what do you do if uh, you're feeling stressed and the stressor can't be dealt with or it was dealt with, but you're still feeling stressed? What do you remember about that, Andy? If well, anything. If anything, it's been a while. I can tell you from my perspective what it means is that you have to complete the cycle of dealing with and letting the feelings of that stress come up for you. Cause it doesn't mean just because the thing died doesn't mean that you're not stressed out and everybody handles stress in different ways. That's the other thing to keep in mind is that what stresses you out doesn't stress me out, things like that, but you still have to complete the cycle of dealing with the stress. Otherwise you're suppressing it still. And suppression is not good for you healthy uh, in your mental health, but also for your physical health because it, it rains down into that. So being able to acknowledge this stress and then in a lot of cases, what they suggest later in the book is finding some way, anything to be able to deal with it. So doing nothing does nothing for that stress situation. It just is, you know, you can sit and go, oh, that's a stress. you got to do something. And that, that's what helps you get out of that cycle. It completes the cycle because you're doing something about the stress. And it could be, I went and rode. I went and ran some physical activity. But it also means even... mental. Right. Well, I love the the example in the book. Um, they they brought up this uh, uh, this lady 
he was just like, I'm not exercising. I hate exercise. I can't do it. I don't like it. Right. And there are people out there that, that have limitations that maybe they can't exercise uh -huh. or do certain kinds of exercise. And so they said, you know, the, the simple response to that, and this goes out to a lot of you listeners who are opposed to exercise or just don't like it. She said, just lay down in the bed and tense your muscles and, and really feel that tension. And then imagine, just visualize beating the daylights out of whatever the stressor was or is that's creating that stress. Visualizing it. And then relaxing the body. And so, you know, and that's one way. That's one way of completing the stress cycle. And it's so, it's so interesting. Um, everyone's going to experience the stress cycle uh, physiologically the same way, right? Like all the, all the different hormones and, and uh, physical reactions are going to be the same. But you're absolutely right, Andy, that uh, we don't have... We, we all have different stressors that stress us out. Anyways, that was um, one of the cool parts in the book, talking about how you complete that stress cycle and if you don't like to exercise. No, and I, I really like that part because that's the that's – the, those are coping skill mechanisms to let you know in Buddhist thought and in meditation – seeing feelings for what they are and letting them arise is a key element into the process of letting go. Because if you can't feel the things that are coming up for you, then you can't let them go. And well, not acknowledging them and suppressing. Go ahead. Well, and then you're ignoring some very critical, important things that your body is trying to tell you. So bringing that quote back in, right? Like, why do we need to trust our body? Because it is actually guiding you and telling you if something is wrong. If you are continually suppressing your emotions, then you're, 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 you're continually in the stress state, which will lead to poor health down the road. That is, that is science. That is fact. You cannot continually be stressed and be healthy at the same time. You cannot. You know, your body will run down eventually and so trust your body um you know you're having stomach pains you're having headaches you're having this like well then what the hell is stressing you out stop and look at it it's not that you're sick i mean maybe it is right you go to the doctor and rule that out but a, a lot of the time we have physical reactions to mental stress because stress is physical. It is a physical reaction. It's a physical response in the body. So trust your body. Pay attention to it. Those emotions, they are physical. There are actually things shooting off in the body to create those emotions. They're not just some mental uh, unseen thing. Like there is a, a, an actual thing happening. It's like electricity. You can't see it happening, but the light bulb goes on anyways. That's and sometimes and sometimes acknowledging this is the one thing that was interesting to me was that acknowledging that sometimes it is rigged 
you know that, that that was an interesting concept to me is that do something about it but also know that at times the thing that you think is not good is truly not good being chased by a lion probably is not good you know Definitely. it's it's not it's not nice to be chased by lions or situations like females having to deal with um horrible males you know that stuff does happen you know it's very and it is rigged it is rigged and acknowledging that it is doing something about it like uh doing some activism to help produce a better outcome but acknowledging that it's okay yes this is the way it is accepting this is the way it is I'm not happy about it, but the acceptance piece also helps you let go and complete the cycle so that you can do something and it, do something about it in any way. If you're feeling like, you know, uh, I'm not getting my right, my, uh, rights met doing something to an activism to help give people more rights uh for me it's you know advocating for father's rights when i was younger so just as an example but you know being part of that but also know that there is situations that are not in your favor and it's okay you know it's, it's, it's um, and it's okay it's um and, and i think by by saying that it's okay it's saying that like it's okay to acknowledge it and to uh -huh. feel discouraged and to feel upset, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Know, and um, it's okay. It's not okay that this thing is out there. Correct. Not okay that it's rigged. Not okay that it's rigged, but accepting okay that, it is rigged. that it's rigged. Yeah, acknowledging that it is rigged, that you're absolutely right. Because I don't want to give anybody the false thought that it's okay to be rigged. <laughs> you're yeah, absolutely right. That other people have advantages it, it happens. It does. But yeah, accepting it, but acceptance of it. Yeah. Acceptance would be the better word to there. Acceptance that yeah. this is the way that it is. Yeah. Another piece that I really thought was something that is why a lot of, uh, especially in the medical field and as a therapist, um, I'm sure that, you know, many therapists in medical social workers, things like that, that go through this. And that is, that uh, compassion syndrome where oh. people burn out yep. because they are giving so much. They're such a giver that they run out of energy to give, Like you just, you just, your compassion becomes drained. Yeah. And I see it happen a lot in my classes because that's why I, I know that I've had some nurses just come into class and go, I'm here to meditate because I am burnt out from, and I need some me time. I need self-care time. And there, you know, and there is the prime example of the difference between stress and the stressors. How many people um, experience that compassion fatigue? Um, I mean, they're, they're running into the stressors day in, day out. And so it's that much more important for them to complete the stress cycles um, every day. 
Otherwise, um, it's just going to compound and compound and compound. I thought and that was so interesting in this book, right? Like they, I love that they go into the physiological side of it so much. Um, right. That if you go too long without completing the stress cycle, that is when you experience those very negative physical side effects. You know, the high blood pressure, the um, ulcers, you know, all, all that awful, awful stuff. So that nurse that's coming into your meditation class um, is completing the stress cycle and then the next day or the next hour going right back into the stressor. That's a challenge. That is tough. It is. And I know, especially with um, many of the things that have happened recently, uh, such as COVID, the amount of hours that were spent helping others was burning out a ton of medical professionals because it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. We weren't prepared for some, an, a pandemic like that. And I think that that's what I've heard a lot about was that it's just so hard when you're spending all these hours and there's books that I've read on being able to generate a different kind of compassion that's more empathetic that where you're you're getting your energy back from it and that is a buddhist practice so mm -hmm. that it regenerates so you're actually getting um, you're getting something off of the fact that you're giving but it's in the way that you're giving because we and there's a Buddhist practice that really focuses on that specific thing because you realize that you're through this help, you're helping so many people and that energy of helping other people. If you focus on that, will give you that power, but it's about taking from that, just that regular compassion and putting that empathy into it. And it really has helped me with getting through very tough times where you know children or whatever was going on at the time being able to generate this ultimate compassion was able to give me back that really amazing feeling such as when you go to a place and you help out for the day uh, uh, by doing like going to a food bank you get this enormous sense of happiness because you're helping and being able to generate that because of the fact that you're giving out compassion is really important. I think that's the one piece that's kind of lacking with some time with compassion is that you're just well, giving your energy without getting anything back. Well, and you know, and that's, that's part of um, spirituality, right? Is being a part of that's, something bigger than yourself and, and yeah. feeling edified. Um, so, you know, it's all, it's all a balancing act and, and I, mm -hmm. and I harp on that. I'm, I'm probably I probably annoy some people because I talk so much about having things in balance. Um, but uh, yeah, compassion fatigue is just a sign that things are not in balance. You're working too much or you're, you're too invested emotionally. You're definitely not completing the stress cycle. So you're not going and doing the physical activities or, you know, um, um, you know, the, the, the embracing, 
you know, I mean, the book mentioned like five or six things on how to complete the stress cycle that you can do that are easy. So go back and read that. I think, uh, you know, that's all within the first chapter of the book. Love it. But, uh, you know, I, it is a really big problem. And again, I'm going to go back to it. Trust your body. If you're feeling fatigued, if you're the night before going to work, dreading going to work, the day of, you dread, you know, you're dreading driving to work while you're driving there, um, and you are aching and itching to get out of there early. You know, and I've experienced this before. Um, that's a sign. What you are doing is not working. It definitely won't work long term, and you need to be focusing on the solution to that. Either you change. The stressor, you get rid of the stressor somehow, uh, whatever it is, if it's a coworker, if it's a person at home with you, if it, the problem isn't the person being there, but actually a lack of people, then, you know, whatever it is, um, you can address the stressor, or if that's a little bit too difficult, then you have to complete the stress cycle. You have to go exercise. Or any one of those other things. But exercise is absolutely going to be the best. I love that. Another piece that um, before uh, we hang up for today, I yeah. thought that they brought up a very big piece and not knowing everybody's story and not understanding sometimes what people have been through to get to the... And they bring up this is a very, they were bringing up very culturally. They were bringing it up very in a female world with a male, a male dominated world with females in it. Um, and how females react that they, and they, and here's what they, they said is that, yes, these things all, you know, we don't know the difference. And they brought up um, the difference between blacks and whites ability to their the way that they look at the police and mm. they brought this up in the book and it, i thought this was a perfect you know especially timing wise very perfect time to talk about it and it yes. is kind of it was the fact that in acknowledging again that this exists but what the way that they presented it was imagine you know there is a discrepancy and we know that that you know blacks are actually more likely to fear cops because of the way they've been treated. And there has been historical problems with that situation and why whites are more easier to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And not be fearful of the cops. There yeah. is that, that, that exists, but the way that they looked at it was that's because of the way that they were raised when you, and the way that society is currently, and the way that they said it and the way that they did the analogy was imagine a row of trees. So some trees will grow in a perfect plane where there is no hills and they just grow straight up. And then there's other trees that grow on a hill and they have to lean because they have to lean because they live on a hill. And in order for them to be more straight, and to get, you know, the best air and get fed and everything that happens for trees, they have to bend to be to be able to get to that. So they're a little bent. 
then they said there is some trees that live on the edge of a cliff. And those trees are bent up, crazy looking. You don't, to survive on a cliff, you have to do some crazy maneuvering to be able yeah. to be able to get the same exact, to be a tree. You have to be able to live on a cliff. You know, you got to do these crazy things to be able to get the nutrients you need to be able to not fall off the cliff. Because if you fall off the right. cliff, you die as a tree. There's all these things that happens when you're living on a cliff. And they yeah. basically said that is the way that people are. Some people have the ability to grow in this beautiful plane where all they have to do is just grow. They'll just grow straight to the sky. They've had opportunities to be able to do Their that. environment allows that. Right. And then there's some folks that just grow on a hill and you see them and they're bent and there's some things that are happening on with them. You don't maybe understand, but they grew on a, they grew on a hill. So that's the whole reason why they They've are the way they are. The they've adapted by, they've been adapting. And then there's the people that grew on a cliff. And so sometimes we don't acknowledge that that's the case, that there are people out there that have been through so much and so much turmoil in their life that you will never fully understand if you lived on a plane. You think that everybody's a tree, but not everybody's a tree that lives on the plane. Yeah. And I think that that was a perfect example of the way that humans are. We don't know what everybody has gone through, but everybody's a tree. Everybody's a treasure. Everybody is very similar. And we talked about the way that stress handles everybody's human and being able to that was the one thing that really resonated with me is is that we're all humans we just go through different things and you don't understand always everything that's gone on in somebody's life but just accepting them for being a human is sometimes the only way you can approach it well it's the it's that old saying man the wisdom of the ages we don't need to have uh crazy new research and all these you know movements to to learn what uh needs to be learned to handle this stuff because the the age-old wisdom has always been there i mean how old is the saying um don't judge a person until you've walked a mile in their shoes right i mean that is that is so old you know the, um I mean, you look at like um, ancient texts; they they bring this stuff up too. You know, basically, like have some empathy for the humans around you, and recognize that just because your experiences have shaped you to to be who you are and believe what you believe, it doesn't mean that the person over there um, is going to have the same belief system or things because they have experienced a totally different thing. Well, and I think it's just, and I thought this was interesting. It's the filter. They might be the same things, but it's the filter that they use that makes it different in the mm -hmm. way that it gets seen. And that's the reason why I said earlier, the stressor sometimes doesn't is not the same for everyone. The way that people see a stress is not the same. And so when they react and people go, well, I don't understand why you're reacting like that. You don't have the same filter. 
Yeah. You don't have the same experience that would, that would make you go, Oh, that's frightening to me. You don't have that. If someone had said that they um, would deliver you red roses if they wanted to kill you, and then um, you got red roses, and a person didn't know that you got the note saying that if I ever give you red roses, I'll, that means I want to kill you. The one person would be like, oh, cool, you got red roses. Oh, that's so nice, but you're freaking out. That's that's right. my example for it. That's Look, a good one. Red roses are nice unless they're attached to something that's not. So you've got to you've got to realize, you know, it's all it's all like you said, it, it is the filter for sure. Yeah. And for I sure. love that. I that's what so I'm gonna say this, Brian. This is the reason why I absolutely love doing this podcast with you, is that we can go back and forth and exchange on things like that and those ideas. Um you know, because these are really great concepts spiritually as well as therapeutic. I, I'm using a lot of what I've learned as a Buddhist and a meditation teacher um, to explain things that therapy explains in a different way, maybe a little bit, but additionally has the same scope of dealing of saying the same things. It's ancient wisdom. And ancient wisdom has been filtered in different ways. Western psychology is one way and Eastern philosophy is a different and, mm -hmm. you know, some of the spiritual stuff that I've, so, and, but it's all trying to explain the same things, the same phenomena of human experience and trying to cope with it in some way, some with a spiritual journey in mind and some th with just some therapeutics spiritual mental activities that help do the same things like for me meditation is a very key concept not that it, and it overlaps in now into especially you it wasn't taught so much early in psychology but now it's very taught in western psychology as a normal part of of therapy oh but, yeah i use it all so, the time yeah and those concepts of being able to quiet the mind are still things that the Western psychology was trying to teach as well as spiritual philosophies through religion, quieting the mind, doing finding right headspace. And they're doing the same type of activities to help you have a better human experience. And that's the reason why we read these books and why we do these pod and we talk about it is because we're coming from maybe two different points, mm -hmm. but we come together with the human experience with wanting to better the human experience for everybody out there as well as ourselves. Absolutely. I definitely include, I, I, I always say this, if you don't have compassion for yourself, your compassion is incomplete. <laughs> You're not compassionate. That first yeah. starts this stuff, you know, like right. the airplane analogy. If you yep. don't put the mask on yourself first, you're of no help to anyone else. You've got to have that compassion for yourself first. Have to, Absolutely. or you so. will, you will burn out. And I think, and and I think that's what you know. This book is talking about. We'll we'll dive more into it in the next podcast, right? So we're reading this book for the whole month of August. Um, we have uh, 215 pages in the book. Uh, if you read roughly seven pages a day, you will finish. You'll finish the entire thing in a month. Right. So um, seven minutes a day. If you're a fast reader, that's five minutes. 
Um, if you're kind of a slower reader, that's 10 minutes. Um, you know, if you're listening to it on Audible, I have no idea. Uh, or some other, you know. It, it goes pretty quickly. It goes by pretty quickly. I do it. Uh, I do Audible because I I um, enjoy that. And it really does go by it, as long as you're kind of in a place to where you can do that. And that's another thing when reading, when doing meditating, find the appropriate uh, space for that. Don't do it when you're mentally, you know, having mental issues. <laughs> I'm in the middle of kids and yeah. I'm trying to read this book. Darn it. <laughs> I always suggest yeah. finding that time, to, that quiet time to be able to relax into a good book. And just like meditation, being able to use this as yeah. an enjoyment, it's enjoyment to be able to present, to do self-care, you know, just like and meditation are, or therapy. Yeah. And if you are like that person's like, oh, I don't have time. I really don't. I'm doing this. I'm do I believe you. I trust you. Oh, you are you are probably absolutely correct that you are super busy and your time is is very limited. Um, you can't afford not to do it though. I, I don't have I the time. You, you need the time because otherwise make your time the time. Yeah, yeah. Make the time for self care every day, and this is a form of self care. Is this is self development and self knowledge, wisdom that's going to help you in your life and being able to deal with things. So this is self-care time. Make that time in your day. I I even suggest to people scheduling it in their calendars and their phones calendars, uh, putting in five, 10 minutes of before yeah. or after work, maybe uh, before the day starts. Sometimes that's a really good time to center yourself or before you go to sleep, just don't fall asleep while you're reading this book. So you can remain, yeah. remember the contents. But um, just find good time for self-care. And this book could be included in your self-care practice. Yes. And, and um, you know, listen to this podcast. If you are actually listening to this podcast, then you are already doing some self-care and some self-improvement. Absolutely. So we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us today. Um, we will. Uh, we're still working on taglines to end this podcast. Um to end each episode so for now uh you know just just know that um in the background we're, we're still figuring this podcast out we appreciate you listening this is a grassroots kind of movement of a podcast and um yeah we'll discuss burnout uh the book for august more next time so take care Take care. Be healthy. <laughs>